0: anxious and angry sometimes this is normal being able to positively deal with stress anxiety and anger are important skills to learn all these skills can be employed at home in school and other learning environments and when we are in frustrating situations with friends and peers yes we need them there too but not all kids learn these strategies naturally they need a trusted adult to help them learn how to self-soothe and calm down balance their Energy and emotions and process challenging feelings. So, how can we help our children and teens learn these coping strategies? For that, we turn to Janine halloran janine halloran is a licensed mental health counselor who has been working with children teens and their families for 20 years she has been helping children and teens build their coping skills through her career in a variety of settings including schools and mental health clinics and in her private practice she is the author of the best selling coping skills for kids workbook and the host of the common connected podcast Her work has been featured in the Boston Globe and the Huffington Post and the Skim newsletter. Janine lives in Massachusetts with her husband and two children. Welcome, Janine, to How to Talk to Kids About Anything.
1: Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me, Dr. Robin.
0: (laughs) I'm so excited to have you, and I really appreciate your enthusiasm. Before we jump into the conversation, can you tell us What gets you up in the morning and what got you so interested in teaching kids and teens coping skills?
1: Oh my gosh. Well, you know, what got me really interested in teaching kids and teens coping skills was actually when I was in graduate school. So I remember sitting in graduate school and they're talking about coping skills and they gave you the typical things that they talk about. So they talked about deep breathing and they talk about, Mm -hmm. um, you know, progressive muscle relaxation and all that stuff. And I remember feeling like, okay, I have some strategies and then walking into a school building and feeling completely lost Mm -hmm. when, you know, I had a kid who was really having a hard time. Time, and I went through all my strategies and I had nothing mm. and <laughs> <had> nothing left
0: <laughs> like know? this is not one time one one size fits all here.
1: Right. Exactly. And then I was like, okay, so I need to just kind of gather some different ideas of what will Mm. work for a child. So, you know, working in a school, trying to figure out what helps the kids. I used to have a coping skills poster on the back of the door of my offices so kids could add to it. Mm. So like hearing from other kids, what worked for them, hearing from other colleagues and hearing what had really been helpful, looking at the research, looking at, you know, what's evidence-based, that kind of thing. But like also just hearing from my the students that I worked with from the clients that has been most valuable to me that's mm-hmm. where i hear about some really interesting unique different things and i love to hear what they have to say cuz they a lot of times they know they'll mm-hmm. they'll say this really works for me mm-hmm. this is awesome this is fantastic or please don't make me do that again
0: <laughs> mhm oh my gosh you know what's you just like i don't know you just like tickled my brain just now so What is the most like sort of original idea that you heard that you actually thought was like actually a really great technique?
1: So this is interesting. I was working with somebody a few years ago and I remember, you know, they were really struggling with anxiety and trying to figure out what they could do and they said to me one day you know what i do i trace patterns i mm. just trace patterns and i'm mm. sitting down and i'm like she was babysitting um with a child and she's like i got really anxious and then i just started tracing shapes in the rug and shapes mm. you know like where I, wherever i was sitting or when i'm in school and i'd never heard of that before. yeah it's a great one yeah and and it was really interesting to see and I was like well that's something I'm going to just file and so it has it actually gotten into the coping skills for kids and yes. coping skills for teens uh, I saw
0: it and <laughs> actually did it right there on the page since you have the patterns right there and I did it because I wanted to see what that was like I, I doodle a lot when I'm you know feeling that way and do patterns so I think that's probably integrating both of those skills together but I also like that the person was saying to do it in the rug because that's like very sensory and, you yeah. know, you've got that plushy rug at, at the same time, or, or maybe it's not plush, but it's like you feel, you really feel something rather than just the paper. So that's actually really interesting. If maybe, you know, tracing a pattern on paper isn't quite doing it, there are other ways you can do it, whether it's like with a pencil and drawing or with your finger on a, on, on a surface that has some kind of feel to it. Is that, would you agree with that?
1: Absolutely. And you know what? For little kids, I'd love for them to trace in sand or, you know, having like using a sand tray, which Mm -hmm. is so fun. Yes. Um, But they can trace in there, and there's something so soothing for. For some kids, the kids who really dig on sand, yeah, they
0: would love that. Uh, Other kids who are like, I do not like sand. I'm one of those people who like love going to the ocean, but just wish that it didn't have all that sand there. Uh, So, (laughs) so, you know, children and teens clearly have a lot of stressors in their lives, especially these days. And whether they're coping with the common frustrations uh, with school or friends or family life, or if they're... Really, getting upset more with you know global issues like racism and mm-hmm. or like financial upheaval in their families, displacement, loss of a loved one, you know kids and teens clearly need coping skills to deal with emotions that come from a variety of stressors. so for the parents and educators who are listening here, how can they begin to talk to young people about acquiring these coping skills, why they need them, where they can start, uh, start, especially when they know somebody is suffering? What's the starting point there?
1: For me, I think it's really trying first having that uh, relationship, mm-hmm. I think, to be able to have that connection with somebody and say to them, you know this is what i'm noticing and this is what i'm seeing and i'm wondering what are the things how do you deal with these emotions how do you manage this just starting the dialogue what works for you mm-hmm. and would you like some extra information would you like some more help to try and figure out some other things that you could do try to just expand your ways of coping and dealing with things mm-hmm. and a lot of times when i talk with kids i don't necessarily sit down and say let's talk about your coping skills <laughs> nobody wants to do that nobody you know what I mean? wants
0: to do that That's that's like the recipe for I don't know or shut down. Right.
1: Exactly. So when I start talking, I you know when I first start introducing coping skills to kids, I mean usually they are coming to me for therapy, so they know they're there for a reason. Right. Like, Good point. We've all, we're, we're all on the same page. Um, but when we are actually getting down to the nitty gritty and practicing and trying, I don't say well, we're going to try the the coping skill of tracing a pattern, or we're going to try the coping skill of deep breathing with your hand. I just say let's try this thing I, I heard about it from somebody else it seems like it really works for them so why don't we try it with you and then really having the dialogue around like doing it together so that's the other thing i like to do with kids and teens and i work with them i don't make them sit there and do like progressive muscle relaxation while i watch them that's weird <laughs> you
0: <know? laughs> do you do you give them that as an idea and then ask them to do it for like homework
1: no, I actually do it with them in the room. Oh, we'll do-, do it together. Oh,
0: like so you're not watching them. You're doing it so then they don't I'm- feel so strange. That's such a great um, information piece for parents and educators right now. I just want to put high beams on that. That if you want a child to be engaging in a new technique, doing it with them can really help to put them at ease because then both people are doing it and you're both weirdos, right, at that time. Right, exactly.
1: (laughs) That's how I actually, I did this with a team client of mine and she wasn't super jazzed about trying mindfulness and I said, well, let me introduce you to mindfulness the way I was introduced to mindfulness and that is by chocolate. Mm. And we will, we will have chocolate together and we will try it. And we tried it. <laughs> and um, afterwards, she's like, I really didn't like that chocolate. And I said, you know what, I didn't either. That was weird. We should try a different kind of chocolate oh, next time.
0: Gosh, can I, I, I want to have mindfulness with you too. <laughs> I like dark chocolate. <laughs> let's have our mindful moment with chocolate that sounds like such a good idea usually people think about mindfulness as like you know oh we're gonna put on like some tin 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 music and we're going to you know sit and and quietly think about our toes it's nice to have something that can really appeal to children and teens like chocolate that's really innovative
1: Oh, yeah. And I I have to tell you, because I've been doing telehealth because of COVID, Mm -hmm. I actually sent um a couple of my clients chocolate in the mail and so i one of the the, he's little i mean he's not super little he's like 10 Mm -hmm. but he still gets excited about chocolate who wouldn't i know right and so he's like opening the package and um because i wrote to him like don't open it until it's time for us to meet (laughs) because because, it'd be gone (laughs) because it would be gone exactly (laughs) and so i He he's opening it and his eyes got so big he's like you sent me these i love these
0: Oh my gosh, that is so great. I love it. You know, usually when we think about coping skills, we might come up with things like, you know, as you mentioned, like taking deep breaths or, you know, now we have other ones like what you ever just mentioned, which is mindfulness through chocolate and writing in the sand. Some people might think about like counting down from 10 or going for a run. But you have... You have many uh, that you talk about in your books, and you offer these to kids and teens. You even talk about different types of coping skills, um, from calming coping skills to physical to distracting. Why would we use one family of coping skills over another calming skills? Like, how are calming coping skills or physical coping skills or distracting coping skills used in different ways with different people.
1: So the thing I was realizing over time when I was working with kids is I would have kids who would gravitate towards certain ways of coping. Mm-hmm. So I would have my kids who would love to draw and I'd have my readers, but then I'd also have my movers and my shakers, mm-hmm. you know, the ones who really needed to like get their body up and moving. And that was a way that was that as long as it was being safe and they were being okay with you know the room and everything like that to get that energy out to like figure out a way to get that movement out and so I tend to find that it's good to try the different types of coping styles the you know the ones that you mentioned um, but that t- kids tend to like gravitate towards one or the other just based on their personality just like they have different learning styles they have different coping styles. Mm-hmm. And so I really love to be able to honor that. Mm-hmm. You know, I was reading an article about mindfulness in schools and there was this little girl and she was, you know, they're obviously interviewing the kids about mindfulness. So they sort of know what the deal is. Mm-hmm. Like They know that they're supposed to say that mindfulness is amazing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but amazing. This little, right. This little <laughs> girl was like, um... Mindfulness didn't work for me. The way that my body calms down is through dance, so that is what I like to do, and that is how my body calms down. And I said, "Good for her for being so brave yes. to say it, yes, <laughs> and recognizing that about herself." So, I I love that uh, that she was able to say that, and I I think it really honors kids as humans mm-hmm. when we can say to them, you know, you figured out something that works for you, great, mm-hmm. it doesn't hurt anybody else, it doesn't hurt you, it doesn't hurt property, let's do it.
0: <laughs> yeah, so it, I can imagine then if you had a child in front of you who's saying, you know, I, my mom or my you know, teacher is always telling me to take deep breaths when I'm, you know, getting upset or when I'm stressed out, but I, I, I do it and it doesn't help and so this doesn't work for me and there's nothing that works for me that you can then be able to say, you know what? That like doesn't work for everybody. In fact, I've got somebody who likes to do jumping jacks when they're feeling frustrated or or stressed or I like somebody who likes to beat on the desk with their hands and drum on the drum on the desk when they're feeling stressed. So that you're providing uh, some insight into you're not weird. You know, you, there's kids that are you know, like all different kinds of things and Maybe we just haven't found your thing yet. Like maybe we should try some other things. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, absolutely And I love you know when I start working with kids and as I work with them over time, you know I tell them your coping skills will change what worked for you when you were 10 will not work for you when you're 16 mm-hmm. some things might stay but you're going to be bigger. And it's it's good to know that you can add to your skills because then as you become an adult, you still need them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so let's no make kidding. sure that we're using them and figuring out what will work and what will help you to be able to manage because life is tough.
0: Ugh, it is tough. I mean, especially right now, we're really seeing how stressed and anxious people can get. Would you say, just piggybacking off of what you just said, that... Would you say like different types of coping skills can be used by kids or teens? Do you suggest different kinds of coping skills based on different age groups? Is there is there something that you do with the younger kids that you might not do with the older kids or vice versa? How, how can you break that down for us?
1: So for me, I use very I use like a um, the same sort of idea of a coping mm-hmm. skill, but I age it up or age it down. Mm. So if you take just deep breathing, which, you know, I I. Do start with, with mm-hmm. kids because of the way that it really does physiologically impact you, right? To help you get out of that fight, flight, or freeze, step back down to rest and digest. So I do like I try to like <laughs> introduce different ways of of breathing mm-hmm. because it is so important. Oh, good. So for little kids, what I do is I like to have them use a stuffed animal and put it on their belly and move the stuffed animal up and down but I wouldn't ask my like 15 year old guy <laughs> client to do that. He'd look at me like I was strange and mm-hmm. he'd probably walk out. Mm-hmm. So what I have him do is I look for gifts or I look for videos that are short, that have like a shape that's cool to look at, like an expanding or uh, shrinking mm-hmm. shape and have them breathe with the shape. So it's still breathing, but it's breathing in a way that won't make a teenager look odd. Like if they're looking at their phone, Nobody knows that they're looking at this breathing gift and breathing. You know what I mean? Right, because you could take it
0: with you then. Like, it's not just in in the office, obviously. We want this to generalize to their life. So if they need it, they could take out their phone and use it.
1: Yep, absolutely. And Mm -hmm. nobody knows. And they're not taking out a stuffed bunny. Right. Exactly. Oh. And like looking strange in the middle of like science. Class, right. Science not, like,
0: class. Let me just put this stuffed bunny on my stomach. Give me a moment. I'm going to lie down on your floor.
1: <laughs> Whereas, but you know what? A first grader would totally do that. Totally do
0: that. And it would be completely fine. And in fact, everybody else would be like, where's my stuffed bunny? I want to lie on the floor and do it too. Exactly. <laughs> OK, so that makes a lot of sense. Can we generalize that now to another type of coping skill where you might take it from young to old just so that we can understand it again.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I would say something like if we're thinking about a movement coping skill sure. so for little kids, I like to have them do wall push-ups. so it's just like a push-up but against a wall so mm-hmm. it's a little bit easier but just a little bit of body movement, a little bit of action in their um, in their body to help them sort of process. For older kids, I have them take a walk. Like, honestly, take a walk and get a drink. And I would actually send my middle schoolers on what I called the Halloran walk. Which was they had to like walk down the hallway, get a drink, then walk down the another hallway, get a drink, walk down the hallway, get another drink, then go back to class.
0: Oh, my gosh. That's so funny and genius. <laughs> it gives them specific benchmarks of success and it gets them back to where they want to go. I love it.
1: <laughs> oh, and I, but here's the thing. It was like a tough middle school. So I didn't want them to get in trouble. So I always had to give them the pass. Oh, yes. I, the, the last thing I wanted to do was another adult to come by and be like, why aren't you in class? You I'm already class. had a drink of water. I saw you in the past. the right. <laughs> oh, Exactly, you were down the other hallway and I was like, leave him alone. He's just calm, let him go.
0: Yeah, now now we have to start from scratch. <laughs> okay, so that is awesome. I really love that idea. Why don't we take a deeper dive into each kind of coping skills section. So, so for calming coping skills, what are some great examples that you think would be most effective Obviously, we've talked about breathing, but another one, like some of the other ones that you think would be most effective for kids and teens. And how would a parent or educator teach that effective coping skill to a young person if the young person was sitting in front of us right now?
1: Absolutely. So I one thing that I really enjoy doing is using imagination. Mm -hmm. So I have kids and teens imagine their favorite place or a place that is calming for them Mm -hmm. so it could be like their bedroom Mm -hmm. it could be the beach it could be grandma's house it could be it doesn't even have to be real it could be I had one girl tell me once that she imagined herself in like fluffy clouds with Mm -hmm. rainbows Mm -hmm. and unicorns and I said cool (laughs) that sounds amazing Mm I want
0: to go I'd like to go there and let's have (laughs) something to drink a little hot chocolate
1: exactly yeah um, so to really be able to imagine what that place is and really actually involve as, as many senses as you can. So what does it look like? What does it feel like? What does it sound like? What are the things that you taste when you're there? What does it feel like? Mm. All of those sort of senses to really get them to be able to take a little mini vacation wherever they are. So for the kids who don't want other people to know that they are using a coping skill, this is perfect. So it's mm. in their brain. Yeah. Nobody knows what's going on. Right. Um, And for the littler ones, they can actually like draw it or they can have a picture that they look at. Mm -hmm. But it's just something where you really are able to use that. And when um, educators or parents are talking to them and saying, you know, if you're having a hard time, you can just like take a little mini vacation, like take Mm -hmm. a few minutes. If remote school is driving you nuts today, take a few minutes, take a little mini vacation and then go back in.
0: Right. You can even have like a cue word with your with your student or your child so that you're not saying it in front of the class so that they can they know that they're now going to, you know, go to their favorite place in their head and and have that moment and understanding that you're catching them before it gets to a point where they are over the edge, and the amygdala has taken over, and you're not going to reach that child for uh, a certain amount of time. So it's it's great to be able to have a technique to calm um, and and a sort of a go to as things are starting to ramp up, um, as instead of of waiting for for the tip over. Wouldn't you agree?
1: Oh my goodness. Yes. I'm always about prevention Mm -hmm. as much as we can do to talk about and practice skills when kids are calm so that we can use them and be able to sort of catch it early Mm. before things sort of escalate and it's hard to rein it in. Then it's just, you're just waiting for it to be over and then go on.
0: Right. Exactly. My friend is a psychiatrist and also was Interviewed on this podcast, Dr. Dara Harrison. She was talking about how, you know, once you get to that point and the, uh, the amygdala sort of sent down the gate, as she calls it, and it's like, you know, 20 minutes plus or minus two, um, before you're going to get to that child, that, you know, you want to prevent that from happening (laughs) as much as possible, (laughs) because you really are playing a waiting game. And and of course, what do adults do in that moment when the child has, you know, already fallen off the deep end at that point, but be like, calm down, you gotta calm down, take a breath. And they're like, they can't do anything at that point, like you're not reaching them, they are no longer home, and you're going to have to wait until I get, get there again.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. I'm always like, you. Just right now is not the time. No. This is not a teachable moment. This you is not just, your teachable moment. <laughs> you are riding the wave. Yes, exactly.
0: <laughs> like- exactly. No, that's so true. All right, let's move on to the physical coping skills. So what are some examples that we haven't covered already? We talked about your walk around in the hallway. What are some of the examples that you think would be the most effective that would help a child or teen better cope with the stressors and anger in their lives? And if they were sitting in front of you right now, how could you teach them to do that?
1: So I love... Um, You know, there's. I talked about big body movements before, but I, what I sometimes like to do is really focus on the small body movements mm. as well, like mm. squeezing something, mm. just squeezing, squeezing the heck out of something can feel so good. Mm. Remember, I had this one um, middle school boy. He loved to squeeze my Play-Doh so hard it would like fall between his fingers and like onto the floor. Mm, satisfying. Exactly. There's something so satisfying about squeezing. So, you know, being able to squeeze things like um, Play-Doh, that all the different um, resistances Mm -hmm. of that, um, you know, the different colors, different kids sort of gravitate towards one or the other. You know, I had kids who love the red and the blue and kids who really like the black one where it's like really hard to squeeze. Mm -hmm. Um, So just being able to do that and then having, you know, something – where they can, um, they can. There's, there's something else called. Oh my gosh, I'm trying to remember the name of it. Mad Matter. Hmm. Have you ever played with Mad Matter? I don't
0: think I have. Okay, oh, I missed out.
1: My goodness, it's so the word that everybody uses when they touch it is satisfying
0: oh I love that and my my son loves that word by the way he's like (laughs) he really he uses it so appropriately too he's like yeah that's really satisfying that feels really (laughs) satisfying oh okay I may have to get this for him then
1: oh my goodness so it is it's sort of like kinetic sand but it has a nicer feel to it okay and it doesn't dry out it's sort of it like sort of sticks to sticks together it does and it's amazing like you can leave it out all day I have brought it to presentations with educators and I were like people honestly audibly sigh when (gasps) they touch it
0: gosh that's amazing wow
1: (laughs) yeah people are like oh my gosh this is so cool (laughs) and I and the thing is, I, I when I was traveling all over the states, I would bring it with me, and it would always like get me caught and like in the, when I was trying to go through like security. Yeah, they're and like, "What like, is
0: this substance?" Be like, you
1: should, right? You're like, "You should try it." Yeah,
0: you should try it. It's very satisfying. And, ma'am, will you will you come aside with us?
1: Basically every time. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Oh, this is such, such, so interesting. And, and I like that idea of small movements to offer instead of just the big movements. Sometimes kids don't want to, you know, run in place or do jumping jacks or even take a walk. So you got to meet them where they are and have some different techniques for them so that they're able to uh, improve and they're able to kind of take it with them. I'm going to imagine that this substance is something that maybe comes in, uh, i don't know some kind of container that you would take with you how, how does that work
1: yeah absolutely so it comes in um you can it comes in like a ziploc sort of thing I, I think i got mine at michael's or i think they even have it at target now hobby lobby but then what i do is when i see kids if i bring it where with us when i'm going to see them i will just like put it out on a plate
0: <laughs> okay and, just and they the just playing with it so and awesome just playing
1: with it. And while we're sitting there we're just chatting and talking and yes we're, it's kind of moldable too so like you can mold it into like a ball and then it will like satisfyingly go through your fingers it's really cool Oh, this is
0: this is great okay and then finally we've got our distracting coping skills which we didn't really discuss before and I know you know many people might hear that term and argue but everyone has to face their feelings and their stressors if they want to get through them. And we've got to you know, face them head on. And people need to learn this. So how are distracting coping skills used effectively when we would use them? You know, in, when, when would we use them? And, and give us some examples of the skills we should teach our kids today or this week.
1: Yep. So here's what I always say when it comes to distraction. I don't want kids to ignore their feelings or suppress them Mm -hmm. or deny them. Mm -hmm. I don't want that to happen at all. Mm -hmm. But there are times when you are so overwhelmed that your brain needs a break. Mm -hmm. It just needs a break from being that stressed, overwhelmed, anxious. Mm -hmm. There are also other times where you've talked through it all and there's nothing there's you've identified the things you can control and the things you can't control mm-hmm. and so to try and come up with something to keep you distracted so that you don't go back up to the top of that spiral again mm-hmm. which is so hard like you, you I've done this so many times you walk through the spiral you talk through oh, the spiral gosh, of anxiety yes. right and then all of a sudden, you're like right back up at the top. Somehow,
0: and like- <laughs> it's like you give a mouse a cookie. Like it just <laughs> winds up, you go through, and then you wind up in the exact same place. Absolutely.
1: Right. And so what I like to do with distraction is like, okay, so we've gone through this spiral a couple times. Let's break this up. Let's do something else. So I really love using play. Play for little kids and like fun, playful activities for teens as well. So play is a natural stress reliever for kids. It's how they communicate. They share their emotions. They do. They process so much stuff through their play. Mm-hmm. So I want kids to play. I want them to play board games. I want them to build. I want them to draw and create and imagine and and think about things in a different way and. Play with cardboard. You know, I I remember just bringing out cardboard when my kids were little. Just go to town, guys, and have a good time. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Okay, this is so important, and and understanding that it's okay to to use play to calm down and it may be the very thing that allows children to then talk out their feelings because they're calm. I mean you can't be talking about your feelings when you're in such a heightened state. Uh, So it does provide some calming and it may provide their ability to to see things in a different way. You never know. So if you're if you want your children to be able to let their feelings out in a positive way, or at least I'm going to say not destructive ways, because, yes. you know, it doesn't even need to be positive, right? It's just like not destructive. Right. Um, so, you know, right? Like, thank you very much. In order to get out their anger or their anxiety, or fear, scared, you know, they're sad. How can we then help our kids to process their feelings so that they don't get crushed under the rug and come out in regretful ways.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I really think that it's so important to just start with feelings identification, like being able to name your feelings, Dr. Dan Siegel, name it to tame it. Yes. I live by that. Yes.
0: (laughs) He was on, he's been on this podcast too. And I I agree. (laughs) That is a good one.
1: Um, Because I think it's just even starting when they're little, just Being able to talk about emotions, label their feelings, label their emotions, and recognize, you know, feelings come and go. This is what life is. We Adults get mad. Adults get sad. Adults get happy. So do kids. And so let's talk about it. And let's talk about, you know, the kids that we see on TV. Let's talk about the characters we're reading about. Mm. Let's talk about the TV show people that we're seeing. You know what I mean? To be able to really start to identify and recognize feelings Mm. is huge mm. and then to be able to figure out okay so that i make those connections so this situation made me feel this way interesting and just sort of be like all right that's an interesting thing to note if that's something that makes me really anxious i wonder about the next time it's happening what should be my plan mm. what what can i come up with what should i do when i know that i'm faced with a situation that has connected for, with me before in a way that's made me anxious or in a way that's made me sad or worried
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. I like that a lot. So that they're able to have the words to express themselves and uh, and also find the correct solution to deal with that particular emotion uh, and, and even be able to have somebody who they are able to say it to so that there is some connection and camaraderie and that ability to not feel so alone, which we know is important for kids.
1: Yes, absolutely. They don't want to feel alone. That's one of those things. It's like a protective factor when Mm -hmm. it comes to those adverse childhood experiences, talking about feelings and making sure that your family, you feel supported at home with your family, that people are caring and hearing about what's going on for you and that you are cared for and you are loved.
0: Mm -hmm. So important. So, you know, I wanted to bring up this term that we hear a lot but I think is at this point like getting a little, you know, poo-pooed because people talk about it so much, but it's important. So let's talk about self-care. It's a <laughs> sort of a buzz term, right? And it's thrown around a lot these days because people are like, you need self-care, you need self-care, because people are going out of their minds. So how do you feel that self-care relates to coping skills and which ones are really the – you think they'd be with really important ones for people to take away today so that they use them with their kids or at least introduce their kids to them?
1: Absolutely. So I have to say that, you know, I struggle with self-care just in general and I don't know if it's the term or whatever. Um, and I think, that nothing like COVID will make you highlight how much you need self-care.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. You're like, this is your moment, even though you've been trying to escape it. Here it is.
1: Right. Right. There's like, there's nothing you can do now. Yeah. Like, you really got to like tackle this. Yes. Yeah. And so I think about uh, a lot of times we talk about self-care with adults. And I think about basically self-care is like coping skills for adults. That is yes. how I relate that. Um, yes. I know, people are
0: like, I don't have time to take a bath. Right. Exactly. Do you know what I mean, like that's because self care. What do like what do we envision? But like a per, like a person in a robe with like cucumbers on their eyes, about to step into a hot bath. Which I mean, it, it doesn't sound bad. I'm not saying it sounds bad. It just like <laughs> sounds a little unrealistic at times when you're like you know I just don't have the moment for that.
1: Right, exactly, and so what I've been saying to people, and the thing that actually helped me shift my thinking a little bit around self care is I started using the word reenergize Ooh. or re recharge my battery. Mm-hmm. So I think about like how freaked out do I get when my battery on my phone gets below ten percent? Mm-hmm. Like that never happens mm-hmm. ever, but we let it happen to ourselves all the time. Right,
0: or the gas that's like
1: almost right. on empty. Right, like
0: that. <laughs> like I was like, how can I equate that to myself? Well, like, oh right, the gas gauge. Oh my gosh, right.
1: Right. And so you think about it as sort of like re-energizing, refilling your cup, refilling your gas tank, those sorts of things. And it feels a little bit less intense in terms of like self-care. Like I, I think sometimes people think about self-care, it means like you have to go to a spa for three days. No, Who has time for that? No, yes. you can't I mean, even It sounds go.
0: delightful. Can we go after this? And you bring the chocolate, please.
1: Right. I will. I'm <laughs> on board. I just want to get a massage uh, yes
0: <laughs> I'm with you on this
1: <laughs> oh my goodness I never realized how much and I that's the one. end
0: of <laughs> our podcast everybody we have places to go <laughs> <laughs>
1: But that's the thing. So it's it's figuring out what are those things that you that bring you joy, that you enjoy doing as a child, that make you happy, that give your brain a break as an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, what are those things? And it doesn't have to be like you maybe when especially when you have little ones, it could be hiding in the closet and drinking a cup of tea for five seconds mm-hmm. by yourself. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> if that's what you have time for. If that gives you a little bit of energy to then go back into your world, do it. Mm-hmm. Do it.
0: Mm-hmm. They always find you. But yes, I agree with oh you. Gosh, like just a like... little bit of time to just breathe or cry or yeah. drink your tea. Such a good idea. Like I, I'd make an announcement in my house. Like. Mommy's going to the bathroom. I am going to close the door. <laughs> I will be in there, and I will not be coming out for the next two minutes. You know <laughs> like I needed to declare myself my self care moment just because like I just need to not be called Mom for just like just two minutes. Just just yes. let me you know do my thing it's It is important to know that it's. Self care doesn't need to be, you know, a five day trip with the girls, although that sounds nice, or the boys, yes. that sounds nice. But it can be, you know, five minutes, um, you know, taking a shower, or you know, being in that <laughs> in the closet drinking <laughs> your tea. Um, all can be interesting self care. And and I also would note that obviously kids need it as well. I have found, and I find this really interesting, that my daughter has realized the effect of water on her, so she takes a lot of showers, you know and mm-hmm. and it's definitely not because she's dirty, uh, <laughs> but she uses it to just keep herself calm. And to just make herself feel, feel good and, and just give herself some moments, she puts on music and she takes a shower. Um, and I think that's, you know, I think that's a great way of, of dealing with the stressors of, of life. And it's definitely been happening more lately that I, you know, while we've been h- home with school and everything else, that yeah. the kids need it. So helping them and encouraging them to discover those ways um, and understanding that some simple techniques. Might not be used in the way you think that they're going to be used. Like showers aren't just to you know clean somebody. <laughs> Maybe right. used to calm somebody.
1: Exactly. And I think about you know um, I had a client who is a huge Harry Potter fan, and yes. there's something so soothing about those books for her. Yes. So- she just rereads them, and mm-hmm. it just brings her comfort, and it brings her relaxation, and she feels so much better mm-hmm. um, just reading it and talking about it and that kind of thing. But I, to other people, they're like, "You're reading the Harry Potter books again? again?
0: Yeah, <laughs> what? Like you already know what's going to happen?" Well, that's actually the calming part. Like exactly. we no longer have to worry that somebody is about to die, or you yep. know, somebody is about to get hurt, or somebody's about to get lost. Like we already know what's about to happen in that moment. It's the same reason why a lot of people will, you know, watch the same thing over and over again. There's something comforting in already knowing the story and knowing how it's going to end.
1: Yep, and I'm one of those people. Me I will too. Re-watch. I, I, I was will... I was
0: kind of talking about myself. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I totally rewatch. I'm such a rewatcher. <laughs> yes, I'm
0: a rewatcher, especially when it comes to like old time stories or, you know, things that, you know, ha- you just know have that happy ending. I'm a sucker for happy ending. So please complete this sentence. Children and teens need coping skills to deal with stress, anxiety, and anger because...
1: We want them to be able to deal with stress, anxiety and anger as adults as well Mm -hmm. and interact and have good relationships and good work skills and just be able to manage everything that life throws at them in a safe and a healthy way. Mm
0: -hmm. Right. Because we need them as adults. So we want to try them and use them as children Sometimes because the stakes are lower, not all the time, but sometimes the stakes are lower. And certainly when we're in a situation with somebody like you who can guide us and work through them with us in such a you know kind and supportive way so that you know, when we're in a situation when we're not with somebody who is supporting us or um, giving us that space that we have the right thing to do. For us, and we know what to do in that moment.
1: Yeah, I, that's when my clients say to me, "I was, I thought about you, Ugh. and I thought about the plan that we talked about, and I made a plan in my head about things we could, I could do to help myself, and I actually did it, and it worked.
0: Ugh. It yes. worked. <laughs> you know, your stuff is not hogwash; like it I actually know. works.
1: I know. we are like, "Yeah, I, I've been doing this for a while. Thank yes. you. <laughs> Thank you
0: very much. I." I may know a thing or two about what I'm doing. Awesome. Give us your top tip. What do you want us to come away with after listening to this podcast that we may want to use with our kids or that we may want to remember uh, long after we shut this podcast off?
1: Oh my gosh. I think the thing that we should remember as adults is that we need to take care of ourselves as well. Mm -hmm. We need to be doing our own coping skills so we can be good role models for our children, Mm -hmm. for our clients, for our students. Mm -hmm. When they see us being able to identify our emotions, when they see us saying, I need five minutes, or I need a break, or I'm going to take this drink of water, I'm going to go for a little walk. That's powerful because that shows them You have feelings too. Sometimes you have bad days Mm -hmm. and you can figure out how to deal with it. There are ways that you can deal with it. You have power over how you feel and how there are things you can do to change it. There are Mm -hmm. things you can do to help mitigate all the things that are happening around you. Mm.
0: I really like that. And I love the modeling piece. I often talk about parenting out loud or teaching out loud where you're able to take what you're doing and actually express it in words so that the kids hear you understand that you're going through something of your own and that it's okay it's normal and in fact it's healthy to do these coping skills that you've talked about um and and that you are better for it and that 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 is one of the great ways of being able to show your kids how to adopt some of these practices it's not about telling them here's you know here do some deep breathing when you're you know in that middle of ranting and raving and by the (laughs) way i mean i have been caught mid-yell thank you very much by my kids asking me to calm calm down take some deep breaths and (laughs) and take a moment for myself Thank you. It's always great when that happens. I really appreciate <laughs> it. But it's true and it does work. You know, and yeah. My da- my daughter is aces at that, mom. I know. Mom. They <laughs> Mom. I, it's okay. We're going to be okay. Let's take some deep
1: breaths. I know it's so funny when they like take it and they they like they've obviously taken it in yes. and now they're using it and you're like oh no
0: I know no <laughs> I mean like I'm proud and frustrated at the same time you know with I myself know. you know but <laughs> I think it is great and you know that will be a strength of hers going forward um, and 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 by the way yes of course we all have bad days and there yeah. is nothing inhuman about me yes I have many many bad days and I say the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. I do the wrong thing. I get really good at apologizing. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, yes, my daughter sometimes is in that role. So there you go. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, and that's the thing. I think. I think the thing is when parents feel like people really uh, when other parents hear other people talking about oh I had a bad day it makes them feel less alone I have bad days we all do my daughter told me the other day she was like you are working too hard you need to take a break
0: (laughs) oh that's so sweet such a thoughtful girl give us give us the resource of the week where can we go to get more information about you your books and the work you're doing
1: um, if people want to visit CopingSkillsForKids.com, that's where everything lives. I have a lot of resources on there and then all sorts of other things that people can um, use and work with kids and teens.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. And I know that they will go there. And I just want to thank you so much for being on the show today. I think this was so incredibly helpful. I love how hands-on the skills are that you provide. You can really see them and feel them and know that some of these are definitely going to work for your child. So thank you for being on the show today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Well, it's my pleasure. Well, I've got my takeaways, and sweet friends, I know you have yours. Go, let's discuss them. Come up on Facebook. You can go to the Dr. Robin Silverman page, or let's chat about it at DrRobinSilverman.com or Twitter.com slash DrRobin. I'm also on Instagram under Dr. Robin Silverman. And please, if you love this podcast like I did, I hope you'll go up to iTunes and rate and review it so other people can learn about Janine's interesting and fascinating and helpful strategies for coping. For all of our kids, for all of our teens, the more that we are exposing this podcast, the more people will get the information that they need to use in their own homes and schools. So I truly appreciate it. That's all the time we have for today. My fellow parents, leaders, and educators, thank you so much for tuning in to How to Talk to Kids About Anything. For more information on books, articles, speaking engagements, or curriculum, please visit DrRobinSilverman.com. There's so many great podcasts up there, and the show notes to this podcast will be up there as well well. I look forward to weathering the storms and enjoying the sunny side of life together. And please remember, even on the days when you fall short, you've got this. You're here. You're getting the information you need. I know it's not easy, but never forget there's always tomorrow. Parenting is the ultimate do-over. Perhaps you heard something today and you're like, ah, okay, I've been doing the deep breathing, but that hasn't been working. Now I realize there's some other things I could have tried in that moment. Don't bash yourself. Don't shame yourself. Don't worry about what you did or what you said. At this point, you can try again. You can do it differently. You can do it differently next time. You can apologize and do it, do it again right now. I get it. I see you and I'm right there with you. And as there are moments when we doubt our know-how, our choices, and our sweet sanity, please know you're a 10 times the parent you think you are. Until next time, this is Dr. Robin Silverman with How to Talk to Kids About Anything. Please tune in again and keep connecting through conversation. See you next week. You've been listening to How to Talk to Kids About Anything with Dr. Robin Silverman. For more information on books, articles, speaking engagements, or curriculum, please visit
1: drrobinSilverman.com.